What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Seen But Not Heard. Today we are joined by FBI veteran Dennis Franks. Thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. 22-year veteran, 22 years, must have seen a lot of things. Yep. Do you ever, uh, do you miss being an active agent, being in the field? I, I do. I mean, there's some, sometimes when I see some of the activities going on where the, the when the Bureau comes together and for a, a particular big operation, that's, that's when they are the best. Okay, and, yeah. and I miss those aspects of right. it. Um, after 22 years, uh, the bureaucracy and everything else, it gets to a point that's like, okay, I've, I've been there and done that, and it's, it's time to move on. And, and when I was eligible to retire, um, you know, I had the option of going, you know, with some companies or whatever, but I didn't want to go punch a clock. So I, right. I made the the leap of starting my own company yeah. and, and I've dabbled in some other things also, but, um, and, and that's a whole nother endeavor is, you know, going from being a government worker to right, yeah. creating your own company and, in yeah. and that whole thing. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, I, I was really blessed to, to have a career. I, it's what I wanted to do when I was a kid growing up. So I got to, I got to live my dream. I yeah. got to see parts of the world and experience things that, uh, you know, I dreamed of. So, right. yeah. 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 So what was uh, all over the world? What would you say was your favorite area or favorite region that you ever worked in? Um, one place, and I, I really won't talk much about it, about South America. South America? And, okay. Yeah, it was probably one of my favorite places. Uh, you know, I taught in, um, in Thailand. I taught at International right. Law Enforcement Academy. Right. I taught there. I taught in um, uh, Dubai. Okay. Um, and uh in romania also um and you know worked in um you know europe some and uh i had some good experiences in canada you know working there um yeah a lot lot of good places i mean i you know probably south america stands out stands out yeah yeah Yeah. so in after 22 years would you say that there's any common misconceptions or things that are perceived by the public as like a duty or mm-hmm. day-to-day of an, as an, of an FBI agent that is, uh, that you would say is false or a misconception? Ah, it's, it's hard to, I mean, I think the, with a lot of things that have been going on in, in politics and mm-hmm. the divisions and everything else, um, I, ha- I don't have a good grasp on what the public sees, uh, yeah, you know, right. how they see the right. FBI, because it's got some bad publicity about some things that I think that are overblown or overstated. Um, I'll, I'll just say this, that I still see, you know, what little bit of connection I still have. I still see that there are a lot of really good um, agents who are working hard. They've left probably better paying jobs mm-hmm. um, and they're dedicated to doing the right thing. And, and they, they still work hard. They work, you know, day and night. Um, for the most part, in there, I, I still see a lot of good things. It's right. over time, you know, things change, generations change. I mean, I'm sure when I when I was a new agent, I think some of the older agents looked at me as like, uh, he's you know, he's probably just this cocky kid. Mm-hmm. And I was 20, 28, 29 when I came in, and I probably was, you know. Yeah. 
Um, and over, you know, the, the, the new generations that came along, there was, you know, I could see, you know, changes too. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I know when, before I retired, before I left, there were some, some of the new agents would come in and it's like, you know, where's my corner office and yeah. where's my car and Since all this. And, you know, we we're like, Pff. you know, when I started, I had, we shared uh, three agents per car and wow. you had to find one, you know, and uh, so anyway, but it's, yeah. it's all good. No, that's know. awesome. Yeah. I can only imagine dealing with that. You know, someone yeah. else got the car. <laughs> yeah. the yeah, it was it was it was an interesting situation. Yeah, I had yeah. to. I, and I'll tell you a quick story. Is um, so my training agent technically had the car, same car, and then there was a second agent, and then myself. And my training agent just I, I never saw him much. Really, I I got trained by others and myself pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, and so there was one. Um, and even no matter what your background is, I mean, I was a, a prosecutor when I came in and, and no, no matter what your background, they don't, the, the older agents, you have to prove yourself, right. you know, you just, so I wouldn't even, they wouldn't even let me go out on a surveillance at first. And then finally they said, okay, we've got this big surveillance, um, you know, come on out. And it was, a, it was, we had a wiretap on a, uh, the old pizza connection, okay. which was uh, La Cosa Nostra and it was, uh, Sicilians, in, and actually there were Sicilians in, in Galveston oh, who owned a pizza, you know, yeah, place, and they were connected, right. you know, with the New York, the heroin, and and we had uh, wiretaps on them, and it was it it was actually they were kind of comical on the wiretap. I mean, they were kind of like the Sopranos, really? you know, honest to God. Except they in in one of them had um, we're pretty sure he had taken a you know baseball bat and beaten somebody to death and. So it was a couple of brothers, and so anyway, this Saturday, it, they one of the one or both of them were going to travel from from uh, Houston to New York. So our job was to see them, put them on the plane, you know, so that we could tell them what flight right. agents in New York would pick right. them up and follow them. And so I had to find a car, yeah. and and there was a, a squad, a white collar squad next to ours. And I'm, I'm went and I looking around. I said, hey, "You guys have a car?" Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one. This is Plymouth, whatever. And 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 I'm like, "Okay, they have a car. That's great, you know." So I go and get it, and um, and there's a reason why it was just sitting around. But anyway, so I get to Galveston, and it's it's a uh, it's February or March, and it's cold. It's rainy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting in the car and we're listening to, you know, we're talking to each other and um, there's some activity. We think he's about to leave and, and my car stalls, it cuts out. And I'm trying to crank it and I'm cranking it, it won't crank. And so another agent comes up and, you know, we're trying to see what we can do. And by this time, the subject is leaving. So he says, I got to take off. And, and uh, so I walk two blocks to a gas station, get a wrecker, come get it jumped in. Mm -hmm. As a result of that, I ended up with a cold, you know, a few days later and catching a cold. But anyway, so I'm, I've got the car and I'm like, and they had actually detoured instead of going to, to Hobby Airport. They stopped at somebody's house so I, oh, I can catch up. Right. So I'm, I'm running, I'm racing, I'm racing, I'm getting, I got in front of the airport and I get pulled over by police <laughs> for an expired registration on the car. So anyway, I, I get in and I rush up to the, you know, the gate and that time you could go through and, and, uh, yeah, that's crazy. and, and it, that he just boarded and I'm like, ha, ah, you know, but anyway, it was a funny, funny story. You remember the funny stories more than right. anything else. So what so. happens in a situation like that when you get pulled over by a police officer? I, yeah. I just showed him, you know, told him who I was, my credentials yeah. and yeah, they said, okay, you know, yeah. you're fine. Keep right. going. And, did you ever talk to those guys that told you that Plymouth was over here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just kind of laughed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's why we don't drive it. <laughs> that's why it's available. So. Yeah, that's funny. Really. So um, talking about working all around the world, it's very interesting to me. I feel like there would be some regions where it would be much more difficult to get cooperation from the governments or intelligence agencies over there. Were there yeah. some that stand out that were much harder to work with than others? Um, I would say that in, in the, the Middle East, um, there, was, there was a lot of good cooperation because there was a joint FBI-UAE training facility. Okay, okay. So there's cooperation. Mm -hmm. But um, with the students, uh, I didn't have that comfort. Right. And, you know, for example, in Thailand, I, they were, I taught organized crime investigations mm -hmm. and there were about 
uh, high-ranking officers from 13 countries, including People's Republic of China, Macau, and Vietnam, you know, communist countries, which was kind of interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, but during the, the breaks, the, the PRC guys would come up and they would just like give me books and hats and stuff, and, and, and they were just cops, yeah. you know? Um, the, the Middle East was a little different. I didn't get that warmth, you know? Um, and they had some, uh, uh, they, they were good though. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not taking anything back. I just, it was just a different feeling. Right. And, and I wouldn't say it was a lack of cooperation. It was just mm -hmm. not the same feeling. Yeah. 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 And, but you, you work one-on-one -on -one and it's, it, it, you know, you, you get past all that. Right. It's just like you, um, you learn to work together uh, just like a task force, mm -hmm. you know, different multi-agencies. You figure out that it's a team. I mean, I supervised a, a high-intensity drug trafficking task force squad. And you just, the way I looked at it was like being a, a coach. You know, it's a football coach. You figure out where the players fit the best. Right. And you try to get the best players for the best positions. And you utilize their, their talents, you know. Um, it, it's usually the upper levels where you, you know, there's interference and the lack of cooperation and right, right, just, yeah. you know, bureaucracy and, uh, you know, boundaries and stuff. And, and it was always frustrating because the guys on the street figure it out, you know, for the most part, you, you know, you learn how to get the job done. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, yeah. Were there any, you know, specific challenges you faced with, uh, sharing information with other foreign countries or? Um, there, there are restrictions. There are certain, you know, requirements that you have to meet. Um, for example, there are some things that's called no, no foreign, uh, which is no foreign dissemination. Some things you can disseminate. Um, and even locally, there are a lot of times when, you know, the FBI would have a bad rap for, uh, you know, not sharing. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, quite frankly, a lot of times it, sh it couldn't be shared because when sometimes it was shared, they would, le it would get leaked. Yeah, exactly. And it was usually, we could always trace it to, you know, some of the local guys who had, you know, relations with media and so forth. And um, not always, but, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. there's, yeah. yeah. So when we're talking about um, the biggest threats that are currently mm -hmm. facing America, um, what would you say that we really have to worry about right now? Gosh, there's a lot right now. Um, we agree. But um, the, the biggest thing that comes to my mind is Russia, right, okay. because they have been masters at uh, false dissemination, at disrupting things. You know, as an example, and you may be aware of this, but in 2016, there was uh, a protest in a, a counter protest at an Islamic center in, in Houston. It was all orchestrated by Russia. Really? Wow. They created a website of a, a pro, it was basically a Republican Party pro, um, uh, pro Republic of Texas uh, organization. And at the same time, they created one that uh, pro Islamic right. or, or not to, um, it, it was an organization that let Islamic ideas be known, you know, the kind of thing. And they, they advertised that there was going to be, you know, a protest at, yeah. at this Islamic center. So both, you know, hundreds of people showed up on both sides and there was, a, you know, a confrontation. And it was, it cost Russia $200. Oh my gosh. You know, and that's just one example. I mean, you know, there, there've been a lot of, uh, I'll put it this way. Um, so I have uh, a good colleague, good friend who is former, a Russian FSB officer, and he said this, that after 9-11, when we start, started focusing on the global war on terror, we kind of let our guard down, right. but Russia didn't. Exactly. And they took advantage of it, and with Putin in particular, who's mm -hmm. a master you know, spy, actually, that at the techniques and everything, they, they devised ways to, to create these you know, opportunities of disruption, and, and they've disrupted a lot of our activities, I, I think, a lot of our discourse, um, and and you know, and I can you can go into the you know the the countries spy on each other all the time, but you know they're you know you can go back and look at the um, the illegals that uh, back in twenty 
2012 um, Operation Ghost Stories, the FBI arrested you know, 10 or 11, uh, including Anna Chapman. And there were two known Russians, but the rest were uh, Russians portraying themselves as either American or South American or whatever. And they, the Murphys were one example. Um, Murphy, they were a couple lived in uh, outside of uh, New York, New Jersey, and they, um, she had worked her way into financial circles, and she was very close to getting a position within, uh, I, I think, related to Hillary Clinton's wow. campaign. And he was he was attending college, and attended he he took classes from. Nikita Khrushchev's granddaughter, who was a professor there. Wow. Why he did that, I don't know, because I interviewed her, mm-hmm. and she said that she could she picked up that he was Russian from the beginning, <laughs> and it's like he would just kind of deny it and everything. It was just that was just holds a weird right, thing. Yeah. So um, they they've never let their foot off the gas, yeah. you know, as far as you know techniques, uh, you know, creating bots and, and everything else. Uh, China at the same time, uh, they have s- similar approach, but a different approach at the same time. I had um, one of the agents I supervised was from China. And the way he, he put it like this, the, the Chinese in their efforts at espionage will go out onto the beach and grab a pebble, a grain of sand at a time and come back. Mm-hmm. They're, they're willing to take the time and effort. And um, so those two countries and the, the thoughts of them uniting, you know, against us is, is extremely scary to me, um, as well as North Korea. Uh, they're, I, I see those as the biggest threats and uh, as well as, you know, just our internal, dis, you know, division right. uh, i just don't i don't get it i'm i'm a centrist i'm i, I'm, I don't know if you ever if how many people remember rodney king but he was like one of the first uh police abuse yeah. you know victims that got say. publicity and he just said why can't we all get along and that's the way i feel why right. can't we because uh it, it just you know the politics doesn't work anymore they used to collaborate, they used to go to lunch, they used to socialize, you know, have drinks together, and, and they don't do that anymore. It's, it's, even within, you know, a party, it's divided. So right. I, I don't, you know, I won't get into politics too much, but just that it's not working, you know. Right. Now, that's something that we talk about. We feel, we notice this divide more than, more than ever, too, and we feel mm-hmm. like it's become this idea in the last several years that it's either right or wrong, yes or no, and whichever side you are, you're essentially told that you can't be friend, you can't right. be friendly with the other side. It's us against them, yeah. and I think we think that that's a big part of this division. It's, but that's how do you? I don't, I don't know how you work yourself out of that. I don't know. I don't either. Um, I feel like we're at a change. point to where, like you said, you know, if I agree and you disagree. Right, because people get mad. Like exactly. if somebody that's far on the left will get mad at other people on the left if they agree with something yeah. or somebody on the right. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's where yeah. violence comes yeah. in yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah, and, and it's both sides. It's both spectrums. Both sides. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It is yeah. both sides. 100%. Yeah. So when we're talking about this Russian disruption and them making accounts and kind of infiltrating our Western media, how? What are the efforts to prevent that? Um, you know, they're. I would say the FBI has done a really good job at, at being able to, in Department of Justice, and, and it would be IRS and other agencies involved in, in uh, Homeland Security, is being bring cases against these these big, um, the, basically the, you know, Russia has organizations in some parts of Russia, and then also in like Georgia and uh, some other countries where they, it's basically an office where they show up and it's basically they're all hackers and it's all orchestrated. But there, there's been some success in, in you know, being able to um, establish the chain right. and, and be able to make some arrests actually. Really? Um, 
so there, there are a lot, there's a lot of good work going on in that regard. Um, you know, CIA does a lot of good work. Uh, our, Russia has it easier in the U.S. because it's an open society. Right. Russia is not. You right. can't, you know, there's work there that can be done, but yet it's not as easy because they have, um, and I, I can tell you stories, but if you go there as an American, you're going to be watched yeah. the whole time. And, you know, they just devote the resources to it. And they, nothing happens by coincidence either right. when you're there that they will set you up. They will do all kinds of things. So. Was there any, ever, ever anything like that that happened to you while you were over there? Not me. Um, uh, I do know, uh, yeah, I do have a really good friend who was in business over there who um, they're, and, and a lot of this I'm, I'm talking about was in this documentary I did, you mm -hmm. know, uh, A&E Investigates right, the Plot right. Against America. But I had a good, good friend, still a good friend, who was with um, a business executive over there. And basically, they, one day, they, they, uh, he had a driver, and in, in he's driving, and the car stops. You know, clunk, 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 clunk. And then somebody comes up, knocks on the, the back glass you know window and so you know they opened the door and they said don't blame the driver he's being forced to do this but and then this beautiful russian girl gets in and then they start taking pictures of him you know her kissing him and all, everything and you're trying to compromise right, it right, right. and you know so that goes on and then you know he leaves the next day he goes he first thing he does is calls his wife says hey this happened you know and you're right yeah he, the first thing he did yeah and then he then he reported it to um you know his his superiors at the company and they had security contacts and so forth and and then there was some follow-up too I and mean, he was visited again after that but uh yeah that's one example and and there's a cia officer who uh, there's a story that he told me where he, um, or basically he, a, a, somebody working in the embassy, mm -hmm. CIA, I don't know if it was him, but uh, he would go for a run every day. And at some point he noticed that one of his shoes would be missing. <laughs> He's like, okay, I guess they want me to slow down. I guess I'm running too fast. And, and so if one day he goes into his, his, you know, condo he's living in and he just says, hey, guys, just stop stealing my shoes. Just, you know, I, I will slow down. I'll do whatever. Just, you know, don't keep taking my shoes, you know. And they had, um, they also tried, you know, setting him up with a woman and he saw through it. And wow. anyway, yeah. And she actually was uh, not necessarily a willing participant but they forced her to and they said you know or we'll harm will come to your family so wow that's a crazy yeah. world oh and then there's the the whole story about the new the scientists from america and and uh What's from the plot against america yeah, that yeah that well he they're um okay so <laughs> i won't get i won't get into too many details right, right. because it just takes too long right. but anyway so this this the Plot Against America, we started out investigating um, organized crime in, in the Smoky Mountains, Tennessee, right. Russian organized crime. And I'm like, I used to work Russian organized crime. Uh, this friend of mine was former police, you know, told me about it. And I'm like, I haven't heard about that. Mm -hmm. So we started looking into it and, and um, discovered some things. And, but, but then the bigger question, why was there such a sizable population of Russians and Eastern Tennessee, Europeans Tennessee, in Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was reading, when I was reading about the plot against America, that really caught us off. Yeah, it was, it, it was just, yeah, of all places. Yeah. And, but there was, in the early 90s, there was a nuclear scientist at, um, at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is the largest nuclear repository and research center for nuclear activity and weapons in, in the U.S., mm -hmm. And so as a scientist, and this was after Chernobyl and everything, and they said, you need to go, his specialty was in security of the weapon systems and leakage and things like that. You need to go to Russia to um, check at this, make sure that their you know, weapons aren't getting sold and you know, things like that. And he was like, 
I don't want to go. I'm not interested. And they said, you don't understand. You're, you're going, yeah. you know, pack your bags. And they warned him about, you know, stay away from, watch out for the Russian women and everything. You're going to get compromised. So he goes and, you know, he talks about this uh, on, you know, interviews in the newspaper. And I interviewed him like three times. And, and his story was always the same, you know, exact same phrases and everything. Yeah. So anyway, he gets off the plane, and there's a beautiful Russian translator is assigned to him, and yeah. and uh, then he he uh, is walking to a dinner one night in uh, there's a uh, some apartment buildings, and there's a window, third floor, and these kids in perfect English, hey, who are you? You know, are you American? They come down, and and he was very much involved in in children's organizations, you know, scouts okay. and stuff when right. or similar and so they start talking and he says he has epiphany he does not want to build you know weapons that will kill children and women and mm -hmm. animals and everything over there so he he says what can we do and he he thinks about creating a an exchange program they went to dollywood and some other places who needed you know kids to work yeah. in the summer they couldn't get enough american kids yeah. to work yeah. and so it started an exchange program but he he was back on another trip he was with a, a Duma representative who was a partner in the exchange program, and they were driving, and he says that he had this overwhelming sense of thirst. So they, there's this kiosk water you know, place they pull over, and they're standing in line to get some water, and this beautiful uh, blonde uh, behind them says, you know, they're discussing you know, having students, but he wants to make sure they're not bad students, you know, good. She says, oh, excuse me, but I couldn't help overhearing your conversation. I'm a teacher. I can help. I can bring kids as long as I can bring, you know, teachers too. That didn't happen by coincidence, right. you know. And long story short, that exchange program starts. He ends up marrying his translator. She gets a job at Oak Ridge without getting a clearance or anything. And she's reporting to the FSB, which is, you know, took over from the KGB. And so we exposed that. Um, and that's wild. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway. What measures are kind of taken after that when someone's compromised? Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it, there's a whole, you know, if you watch the, the documentary, there's a whole story there. And I even got detained by the FBI. And wow. It's a, it's a long, long story there. Yeah. But anyway, um, they followed up gotcha. with an investigation, and I don't know what happened after that. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. when we talk about Russia being more of a closed society compared to the West, how can we here make sure that we walk the line and don't let our uh, politics get to kind of the state that they're in over there? I'm, and what I mean by this is like, we see over there that um, you have somebody in power, their political opponents, they're kind of targeted, trying mm -hmm. to be thrown in prison, that whole thing. Yep. And that feels like it's kind of what started happening here in the last yeah. four, eight, 12, whatever. And how, how do we ensure that we don't get to a place where whoever is in power is just doing whatever they can to make sure their political opponents don't have a good chance? Yeah, I'm gonna try to walk a, a fine line here because uh, I, because there are even former agents, you know, quite frankly, who don't see the threat. But um, I feel that there, there's been a threat with, uh, you know, people in power who have taken it upon themselves and their followers agree with them to um, try to seize power right. and... and uh, basically take out their opponents right. you know through whatever means that's a bad trend yes, i mean that is a dangerous trend yeah, and um you know i i just it it bothers me that people don't recognize that right. but because they're so into following the people the person they believe in exactly. or the people they exactly. believe in yeah it's like well the the ends justify the means or right. something i think uh even yeah i mean we get into like with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> you know, the, the religion and, and the, the politics. And at some point, I think there's, there's been a tendency to, okay, so this, you know, whoever this leader is may not be, you know, maybe he has a checkered past, maybe whatever, but he's bringing about changes in the Supreme Court right. and he's creating a more conservative agenda. And so, you know, he has our support. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, again, I, I just think that we all need to try to find a common ground. Absolutely. You know, um, it's, it, it is dangerous, I think it's perilous that we could fall into uh, a slide where uh, there, there's a, a tend toward fascism, quite right. frankly. And I'll, I'll just say it, and we, we can't let that happen. Right. Um, it's because freedom, you know, you, you can disagree with somebody, but freedom is, is the important thing. Not being told what you can believe and not believe. And, um, you know, I'm pro-law enforcement, I'm pro uh, a lot of things, but, you know, more than anything, I'm, I'm, I believe in the, the Bill of Rights and, you know, what they stand for. So. Uh, we can't have a dero you know an erosion of of their bill of rights Absolutely. you know in my so definitely yeah so you've consulted for cbs abc and fox yeah off and on and i, and I have a, a lot of uh, i make appearance regularly now for uh, news nation okay right. Um, right. yeah so what are your what are your thoughts on how um, the media can sort of shape the public opinion on yeah you know there, there's obviously uh you know there are networks that are that are far right there are networks mm -hmm. that are far left and um they have their agendas and and i think that you know they beat their drums and uh you know journalism is not what it used to be it's not walter cronkite anymore it's not you know because business you know this big business took over and that's the bottom line now. It's like, are you making money or, or you, uh, you know, are you satisfying this agenda, right. you know, that the organization has? Um, I, I think it's just, you know, if, if people will demand more middle of the road, you know, journalism and, and networks that, you know, present both sides and, um, you know, I think it's my, my friend Paul Violas has uh, this, this podcast called Fact-Based News, and that's what he tries to do. Um, and I just, uh, I don't know what the answer is. No, yeah. But, it's, it's but I, I think people need to be aware, and, in a, and especially the younger generations, mm -hmm. it's, it's important to pay attention to this Absolutely. because... Uh, it's a pivotal time in our history, the country's history, I think. I and um, um, it's easy to, if you have, you know, a good, easy life and things are going well, to, to not pay attention to right. a lot of yeah, these yeah, issues. Yeah. But it's, it, you, you know, we need to because we got to think about what's what's really going on and what the future is going to be. Exactly. So. I, you know, as we talk, we always say about our generation is, Right now, everyone's kind of at a dead point. They don't know what to think. They yeah. don't know what to decide. And this, I believe, you know, our generation, this, this is our country. Um, the older generation will pass on. And so the choices that we make now, mm -hmm. it's going to affect us later down yep. the road. It's going to affect our children and our families of America at that time. And so do you kind of see people sort of, 
waking up to that uh, sort of thing? I hope so, and I, but I don't know what it's going to take to trigger it. Right. Um, we talked about that yeah, too. We were talking I, about that just. I, and I'm afraid it takes a trigger sometimes mm -hmm. to. Exactly. And and I don't know what it's going to be, and I hope it's you know nothing you know, drastic. And that's scary. It is. Scary. It is. Yeah, we were having we were really having this conversation this morning, but at this point, it kind of does feel like it's going to take something for people, something big for people to really take yeah. a step back and say, what are we doing there? And I don't know, but. The other part is, I think, is uh, getting information out there. Um, I've always been a big believer in journalism, and uh, I've always seen it as like the fourth arm of government yeah. to keep things in check. Look at the, Pen the Pentagon Papers and, you know, things like that. Um, Pentagon Papers and then, um, uh, you know, the, I can't even think of, but when Nixon, the, the, the Watergate, yes. you know, scandal, um, if it weren't for, you know, good journalism, you know, that journalists who uncovered things, yeah. who knows, well, you know. That's crazy to think about. And so I think it's, it's the, the more you can do to educate and bring awareness to everyone in the younger generations. And I'll just say this to younger generations. Please step up and do something because the older ones are not getting it. We're not doing, getting it right. I mean, it's messed up. Um, it's, it's your turn to come in and, and take over because we're, we're, we're getting it wrong now. Yeah. So, uh, I really yeah. Mm -hmm. So switching gears a little bit here, um, we're talking about the things that are currently happening. Uh, we were reading this morning that just, just today there was uh, multiple airstrikes in Syria by American F-16s on um, multiple Iranian militia groups. And... It's, we were just talking about it because it feels like we're getting pretty involved here and it's, it feels kind of inevitable before we get really involved. And I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on that and I don't know, kind of our, just on our, our involvement in general. Yeah, um, it's, it's a tricky situation, but I'll say this, that we have been more involved in Syria for quite a while right, than, right. than the public realizes. Mm -hmm. um, I have... Uh, a really good friend with the Green Beret, and he had told me that um, he'd been in a lot of skirmishes, a lot of conflicts, yeah. a lot of, he said the closest he'd come to be getting killed was in Syria by Russian artillery and Russian bombs from planes. Okay. So yeah. it's been, and, and there've been conflicts with, with our forces, whether it's, you know, Green Beret and Delta, and, and probably seals too with uh, Wagner Group, mm -hmm. and it's th so. It's, there's already been a lot right. going, going on. on yeah. um, ah, the, the Middle East is just a powder keg, and yes. I, I just don't. Um, I the I, I won't get into it too much, uh, but you know the just the atrocities. There, there are two sides, mm -hmm. obviously, and um, the. The atrocities that Hamas inflicted were just completely uncalled for. Right. You know, just no matter what, you know, there, there's the sides about taking land and everything, and I see that, but it's, you don't just, that's no, just that's, horrific. That's not justified. Yeah. No, that's not how you yeah. act. So it's, uh, you know, I, I, gosh, my thoughts are out to the, you know, the people in Gaza and everything that's going on, and they're just, you know, I don't know what percentage, but 90% of them are victims and, and not, you know, the, the terrorist organization so i i don't i don't know that's what's made part of this conflict so difficult for us to really understand me personally just to wrap my head around is just it, it they really are just kind of all on top of each other and it seems like the majority of people are innocent but it that's just such a tough situation to navigate yeah it's just they're so I'm, I've, I've had friends uh that were palestinian and I, you know, and I have Jewish friends, very close Jewish friends too. And um, it's such a, uh, often, not always, but often there's, there's, it's extremes, you know? Um, yeah, I don't, it, it's another example of the division that I don't know how it can be healed or when it will be healed. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's got to be because, you know, there's such a, I mean, we're looking at 
if other countries, you know, Iran's already involved, obviously. Um, you know, Russia's involved with Syria, and it, are they going to become more involved? And in, in then with, you know, what's going on in uh, Ukraine, and in, in then, uh, you know, what's China's position, uh, North Korea? It's, it's a powder keg. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what would you say, um, like, we're, send, we're sending this money to Ukraine, we're sending this money to Israel, that cannot be good for our economy, especially in this sense right now. And I do not think a war could bring an economy like this out of that. I think it will collapse us. And so what's your opinion yeah. on that? Um, yeah, I think you have to, you can't send money uh, without checks in and indiscriminately, but I, I really feel very, very strongly that we have to support Ukraine or Russia is just going to run amok mm -hmm. over other countries in Europe. Yeah. It's, I have no doubt no, yeah. uh, that they will and, and they still might try. Um, you know, overall, the, the Russian people are wonderful, wonderful people, but Putin just is, and he's become, I, I think, more even more extreme, more hardcore as, as he's gotten older. And, uh, and you know, he just has these designs that uh, I think it has to be stopped. It's just like, you know, before World War II and the, the reluctance, you know, to get involved in, you know, at some point um, you have to get involved and, and we have been from the beginning as far as supporting Ukraine. I, I hope it continues because I don't know what the result's going to be, you know, ultimately, but um, we have to do what we can to, bottom line is prevent Russia from expanding again, right. like they did, you know, during the Soviet times and because there's just going to be more conflict, more bloodshed in Europe. Um, Would you say that Russia is close to... Um, what they were in the 90s? Yeah, it's getting closer to that uh, back, you know, their their desire for, uh, you have to look, study their their civilization and and there's a lot of pride and they, there's a lot of belief that they, they do deserve, you know, a certain right. status in, in the world and, um, Yeah, this is you know an example of that, and and you know you can get into the politics. My my Russian friend has his position about Russia and Ukraine, and and we you know we don't we kind of disagree about that to a big extent. But um, I just think that there was no good reason to go in and and kill, uh, have the mass killings and of civilians and everything that has occurred. You know, just there's no justification for it. Yeah. I definitely agree with you on yeah. innocent lives being killed. That's that you draw yeah. the line no matter what both sides are saying. Absolutely. No. So something that you said a minute ago, where is China and all this? That's something that we've talked about recently. They, it seems like China has been oddly quiet throughout this whole conflict, and it it's kind of worrisome because, from our perspective, it kind of feels like we're on one side of the table, and China and Russia are on the other side of the table. Yes. Yeah. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that and kind of what their, what you think their um, position might be in all this. Yeah, I was more concerned earlier than I am now because, you know, it sounded like they were supplying arms to Russia and, um, but it's kind of like they've almost taken a step back right. as far as getting more involved with Russia. Uh, and a large part of that's because of their position on Taiwan and our position there. And it's, it's, I, I think they're, I, I like to think that they're, they're being a little bit more calculated than it might've first appeared right. that they're not going to do anything drastic yet, maybe, but, um, and it, it comes down to, I think, for the countries to, to get along is what's gonna make our economies better. Right. Um, and hopefully they see that and that 
you know, a war is not going to help, you know, the economies, um, you know, ultimately. And, and uh, you know, again, when it comes to the countries in the world is like, we've got to learn to get along, you know, just to survive, you know. It's, it's a delicate, um, a lot of delicacies, you know, in, in this planet right now. And yeah. uh, we can't use any, we can't have any, anything that's going to uh, set things back right. uh, any more than they have been. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that we were talking about that is a little worrisome. Um, but it's it's so like we're talking about it's so hard to decipher what is really true, what was actually said. Mm. It, we read a report that said the leader of Chechnya made a statement saying that if Israel put troops on the ground in Gaza, that that Chechnya would send troops in. Um, do you think that there's any possibility of that? Because it's looking like Israel is going, moving forward to sending people in on the ground. Do you think that that is sort of a bluff? Is that a possibility? I think it's a very real possibility. I do. Yeah. I think they they would would and could do that. Yes. Um, Does that in turn make us involved? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very difficult uh, dance yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. To uh, and that's what kind of makes it hard to wrap your head around. Right. Yeah. You see so, so many different, different things on social media. Yes. You, you can't even go to the news now. You see so many different stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all just You just see it. You see yeah. aspects of different. You, you know, um, yeah, I was undergrad. I was a pol- political science undergrad. And Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, a lot of you know times people come to me about career choices, and I'll say, well, I wouldn't recommend it for a career because... You know what are you going to do with it and and so forth but i loved it and in studying world affairs Mm -hmm. and um you know history and and everything else and getting an understanding of of how it all fits together so i think the more that the public can understand this and there you know so many who want to stick their head in the sand and not care about it world affairs but you you it's necessary exactly. and um i think whatever we can do to to continue it i mean i don't even know what the education system like is like now as far as uh you know that's a whole nother topic i guess yeah we can go down yeah right right i i'm not real real confident about that anymore either and uh, yeah. Um, yeah um yeah um but what is the education system is this. I mean, I just know kids are constantly on this. And, and there's a lot of, uh, like, you know, uh, I know I've, I've been told about asking things. It's like, well, I, I saw this, and this is what I, you know, I believe. And I'm like, well, let's take a look at this and, you know, break it down and let's look at some other things. And because, um, you know, you can't take except everything that's there, obviously. Exactly. But it is a great mechanism for educating and, and probably gets more across than the you know, school systems you know, anymore. So we have to figure out the best way to utilize that, or you guys do. Um, what's the best um, way to facilitate getting good information and positive information and information that's needed across? I mean, when you talk about people that just sort of stick their head in the sand when it comes to some of that stuff. It's, it's very, it's not encouraging. When people our age, we try to talk some about, about some of this stuff, have these conversations, and every time the response is, well, what am I gonna do? Exactly. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Right. And it's right. nothing if you just stay right. ignorant. That attitude, it's, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's going to keep going downhill. I, I would say 
Research the butterfly effect. Man. Man. <laughs> butterfly effect. Yeah. yeah, whether you believe in it or not, it's, uh, I think it's real. I think there's energy, uh, just we're all energy and there's energy forces and there's, there's a way of, of creating positive energy and, and affecting things, but in, in it just starts with yourself, you know, so you gotta, yeah. Transitioning a little bit more here. Sure. Uh, um, so, Spider-Man's here to help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to save the day. So one of the biggest issues that we're currently facing here on American soil is the fentanyl crisis. Mm. Do yes. you believe that there is a concerted effort or plan for China, for any of these other groups that they're purposefully sending it up to the southern border or from wherever to try and yeah, that's a good good question. I don't have information, but it would not surprise me because, um, yeah, I just based on experiences when I I worked drug cartels right. and just there was one case where uh, it was kind of a multinational collaboration um, of some drug trafficking, you know where the drugs came north and then the money went south and in Mexico City uh, I was told by a defense attorney who represented one of the defendants who was arrested who had like 20 million dollars on him taking it to Mexico City and he was from a, a whole different country and I won't even say what country but not one you, you would think not when you and the defense attorney came up to me and it, I liked him. He was a good guy. He said he was taking to Mexico City and he was, uh, obviously they were, whoever was paying his fee, they blindfolded him and took him to a, a, a building where he went in and there were just phone banks and uh, he, he said he could probably pick up on like five different languages. So I'm kind of giving you an answer that yeah, there's that was there's decades ago and yeah. there's probably um, yeah it would not surprise me at all yes yeah. because I mean if just based on the other what we do know about you know the the efforts to you know create dissemination or you know false dissemination and and uh, you know division and everything else. Why not? Right. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That, in my opinion, the fentanyl crisis is one of the, I think is number one, at least for current yeah. administrations in America. I think that is a problem that has to be settled because you have, there was a story in the Bronx of a one-year-old uh, baby mm. that died of a fentanyl overdose yeah. because they were actually making the drugs in the daycare, daycare center yeah. and they were put under the nap mats. The nap mats. And when you hear something like that, I'm 21, I don't have children. That disgusts me. Yeah. It's, it's horrible to hear. And then just think about getting that phone call. Yes. And then you have, yeah. you have billboards now where it says it shows people's faces and it says, this was my daughter mm -hmm. along with a hundred thousand others. And yeah. I just, and think just that, your, your neighbor's kids. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And I just think that we don't see enough initiative out of not only this administration, but other administrations or other um, agencies that uh, yeah. should go after that type of thing. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the efforts are now. I know there are a lot of efforts, but, you know, by DEA and FBI and other agencies to, to combat it. But what what, what's, the, what are the amount of resources devoted to it? I don't know. Exactly. And um, how much is actually coming in? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, uh, you know, that kind of raises another issue is like at some point, what, what do we have to do to about the cartels in Mexico? Right. Um, because my whole thing is fentanyl, you need that little bit to kill someone. If you're a drug cartel, why would you put that in your I, I don't understand going to just mow down Americans? I don't understand it either. Yeah, yeah. I don't mow down your customers. I don't exactly. know. And so the only thing that I think of is you're purposely trying to kill people. Yeah, right? I, so. yeah, that's a good point. I, 
I don't have an answer. I don't know. What are your thoughts on just the pure amount of people coming across the southern border? Yeah, oh gosh, that's tricky too, because um, it can't continue as it, it is. It feels like it's not sustainable. It, it's not sustainable. Not I, I have every every uh, empathy, every of you know people wanting to come to the U.S. For sure, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And and it's it's uh, I sort of applaud the workers who do want to work hard and a lot of times they're taking jobs that americans just aren't going to do anymore exactly and i have seen where they will send their money back you know home and and they work hard um in you know my business i've i've uh have a client who's a rancher in in west texas who decided to sell the oil and lease rights and and so i he was security conscious, so I went in and I um, helped install some security protocols, and I started doing backgrounds and all the contractors' workers. Okay. And you know, one of the contractors came up to me and said, "Hey, I just got to tell you that you know, most of my guys are illegal." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, that's just not going to work because it's you know." But he said, "Because they work, they show up. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't keep you know Americans who show up." Yeah. And and it, it, so it's a tricky situation. There's got to be some, you know, solution. Um, and, and, you know, at the same time, we can't, you know, keep letting masses come across because it's just not sustainable, like you said. And uh, so there needs to be more devoted to that. And there need to be some solutions in Congress, which they haven't been able to do exactly. for how many decades now, you know? And, you know, I don't have an exact answer to it who's coming across the border, but just based off the videos I have seen mm-hmm. on social media or news networks, it's um, men. It's mostly men and it's mm-hmm. mostly men from... It seems like there's a lot that are not Latino origin. Exactly. Right. The, yeah. You have a lot from Lebanon, you have some from Syria, you have some from Afghanistan, Iran, and it's all yep. over the country and a lot of it is from the Middle East. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty it's, scary. It's too. known, yeah. Um, <clears throat> when I supervised an organized crime squad, one of the... We, focused on Asian organized crime and Russian organized crime. And there were a lot of the Asian organizations involved in, in smuggling mm-hmm. in, you know, basically the, you know, from mostly from China, they would pay whatever, $10,000 or whatever. And they would be, take a boat to Guatemala and then the, the coyotes from Guatemala up through Mexico would bring them up. And, um, and they are exploited a lot, you know, they're, So, yeah, it's not just, uh, you know, Latin Americans trying to come in and, and, and coming in. Exactly. So it is, it is a, a great, op, you know, way to get into the, the country or great way or a, a way to get in yeah. and, and you can, uh, <laughs> right, and, uh, and do whatever, you know, they plan to do. Yeah. Hopefully nothing bad. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, trying to find a solution there. Is it, in your experience with having uh, cases with the, I believe it was the Mexican Gulf Cartel, Colombian Cartel, how, is it reasonable to think that we could work with the Mexican government or potentially even higher up in the cartel to possibly mitigate some of this? Um, There there have been really good relations with, you know, Colombian authorities Mm -hmm. and uh, Mexican authorities. There are a lot of good uh, Mexican you know, police um, who want to do the right thing, right. but it's 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 kind of there's been decades of corruption, mm-hmm. and it, it's just it's hard to get around that. And right. and the pay, you know, if if their pay is not much, how you know they're it's going to create opportunities for you know bribes and payoffs and everything else. So there's a lot of good cooperation that does go on, um, but you know, Mexico, for example, the, the, the position of the cartels, um, not enough yeah. is, is being done to, to do something about that. I, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what it's gonna take. I, you can, you know, 
I know there have been some, you know, kind of saber rattling about, you know, should we send troops in? I don't see that happening because it's it's just that's just too too extreme. Um, there's I you know I think there's got to be at some point there has to be more creativity about answers. Mm -hmm. um, kind of getting back to what we were addressing earlier is like, you know, I think it's important for the public, for, you know, younger generations to understand, you know, the role of the State Department and what it does in, in the world. And, um, and even with the State Department and law enforcement, there were conflicts at times about how something should be done or not done or the way it's done or, uh, but it it kind of works, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think there need need to be new some new ideas. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. It's more creativity. More creativity. There's not a lot of cooperation, you know, yeah. right now that you you would see something like that, and that's yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. And so it's like it's hard to have a solution when you won't look at the problem and yeah. try to make it better yeah so mm, yeah that's tough <laughs> yeah it is um 22 years in the fbi what was a certain case or operation that you had that had a lasting impact on you that you know when you mm -hmm. think of it it brings up something good or something bad or um You know, I think the <clears throat> a lot of the cartel work was just really interesting. Uh, really got to see a lot of things, yeah. and you know, from you know all kinds of corruption to uh, successes. You know, in taking out mm -hmm. you know dismantling cartels, they they tend to fill back up. You know, yeah. you cut off the head and it grows back. You know, but um, so there's that. Uh, you know, probably one of the things I worked on that I, I, I won't go into is the, you know, some things I did in South America. It was kind of groundbreaking and um, just the, the, the opportunity to, to do that, right. you know, where in you, yeah, where you go into another country and your own, your own government doesn't even know you're there, you know, yeah. pretty much. Wow. And, and, wow. and then being able to, to identify the, uh, what's the cause of the problem and bring about a resolution was, you know, very, very gratifying. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Man. Yeah. Damn. That'd be crazy. So this one happened, um, this is a little uh, in the past, but what are your thoughts on how the whole Maui fire situation was handled? I, you know, quite frankly, I, I did not follow it closely. Um, you have to wonder if some things had been in place um, earlier on. Uh, I have a good friend who lives uh, out there. He, he was like 10 miles away, I guess, ultimately from. So I kind of checked in on him and relied on him and... Um, but I, I'm not ver well versed enough to really. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. It was just like kind of what we were talking about earlier with Russia that there's just there's not a lot that happens that is just a coincidence. There was mm -hmm. a lot of things in that scenario that there was just a lot of coincidences mm -hmm. on top of each other, and it just it felt like there okay. was some some form of. Well, going on. I'll I'll invite you to look into some other things. Train derailments. Yes. We were talking about we that on the way. Plant, plant explosions. Yep. A lot. There's been a spike in. What are your thoughts on all that? I, there, there's, there's been a, a tremendous. Uh, we're working on something with, about that too, but it's yeah. been a lot of. Um, I'll send you some information, but it's awesome. been a, a dramatic increase in incidents. Yeah. Is it coincidental? <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, you know, creates disruption, right? Yeah. Disruption. Um, yeah. A lot going on. A lot yeah. of fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, we're, yeah, we're 
about an hour 10 here. We'll start wrapping it up, let you get out of here. But one of the crazier ones that I really wanted to ask you. So in the past few years, there's been a lot of declassification. What is your opinion mm -hmm. on the consensus or the implications that are starting to emerge that the CIA had a hand in the assassination of JFK? I have no idea. Um, I would be really, really, really surprised. Surprised? Yeah. If, if that was the case, I just don't, why, Yeah, you know, um, I think that's just, you know, stepping, going, taking steps that far out of bounds right. would be really unusual, uh, unnecessary. Right. And I, I would be surprised. No, I, I don't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something out there. It's, it's interesting to read about, like for something that we never mm -hmm. were there. It's like witness happened just to look, look yeah. back at it. But no, yeah, that is an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. You got anything else, Rock? No, I just I'd like to express my gratitude. Sure. And thank you for yeah. coming on and talking to us. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's yeah, been we, an absolute great time. We couldn't appreciate it more. You really brought some clarity to some of these issues for me, for sure. Yeah, I, well, it's uh, we we'd love to talk to you again in the future. Sure, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, just uh, you know, get the word out. Absolutely, yeah. yes, sir. That's the plan. All right, y'all heard it here first. Mr. Franks, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you being here. Another episode of Seaman Not Heard. Thanks, guys. See ya. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.